Welcome to another show where you are going to discover with me where God is in the journey. So today I have two brilliant authors with me. And guess what? One of them is only 10 years old. This is a story um, that is coming from the heart of a son and his mom. It's incredible. They wrote two different books about the same event. And I'm just going to bring them right on up. Here we go. Welcome, guys. How are you doing? Well, thank you. Thank you for having us. My pleasure. My pleasure. I have Corey. You know what, Corey? I'm going to put it on you. Can you please introduce your mom? This is my mom. Her name is Anastasia. And as you know, she made a book too. So when she, when I saw her making a book, uh, that inspired me. So I asked her if I could make a book too. And that, so well, that is great. That is great. So she was making a book and what did that mean to you? I mean, you're just hopping right in. So I'm going to go with it. <laughs> You saw her making this book and you said, I'm going to make one too. What did you want to make it about? I wanted to make it about my mom having cancer and how she and how she uh, beat it. You know what? I really like that. How she beat it. So how did she beat it, Corey? How did she beat it? It was a lot of prayers. And, uh, well, lots of love too, buddy. Yeah. Aww. Gave a lot of hugs, kisses, everything like that. That's amazing. As a matter of fact, I think earlier you were reading to me a very special part of your book on how you took care of your mom. Will you share that with us? Mommy prayed with me before school and asked that God keep me safe, full of joy, and focused on my day. And he did just that. I helped my mommy a lot more after surgery because she couldn't move around very much. I sat with her and kept her covered up while she slept and got her water to drink. When it was time to take medicine, I felt like a doctor and mommy was an excellent patient. That is so cool. That is so cool. You know, um, Anastasia, what I'm seeing is you empowered him. You I absolutely, absolutely felt like it was important that Corey's voice came through. I felt like it was a great way for us to cope, for us to heal and for us to move forward together. Mm hmm. So um, where does Kari fall in um, your in, in your in your your tribe? Where does he fall? Yeah. In your tribe, tribe He's of number one. He's the oldest. He's a great big brother to his little sisters, Kennedy and Aaliyah, who are six years old. and are twins. Oh, my goodness. And so, Corey, what kind of advice, you know, did you give the twins? What kind of advice did you give them? Uh, I mostly said to them, I know it's a little scary that she goes to the hospital a lot, but we have to push through and keep doing these prayers, keep giving love. Well, and we did just that. Aww. You know what? You are a very, a, a very mature young man. Have you heard that before? No. No. <laughs> well, let me be the d -d 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 breaking news. <laughs> Corey Stevenson is a very mature young man and you have such a delicate heart. I really uh, love that about you. Where do you think you got that from? Uh, I actually don't know. I feel like I got it from my mom and my dad. 
Oh, wow. Well, what kind of conversations have you had with your dad about your mom? Uh, uh, well, my dad keeps saying, I know it's scary, but we have to push through this. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And so what does pushing through it look like for you? You know, tell me about some of the hard times and then what you did about them. Uh, one of the hard times is when breast cancer started. It it kind of was like me and my mom were watching TV while my dad was going to pick up my sisters from their babysitter, I think. And at that part, he just fell to the floor, and then I just panicked. Mm. And then she told me to call my dad, and I did that. So when my dad came, he called the he called nine one one. Then the ambulance came, and they took her to the hospital. Oh, you are such a brave young man. You are so brave, and I really appreciate that. That was hard for you in that moment, right? Yeah. How do you feel about it now? Uh, I feel great. I just, I just thank God that my mom is still alive, that she beat cancer. Do you know what the word resilience means? No. What does it mean? It means the characteristics that you have shown. It means getting through something even though it's really, really hard. Bravery is not being unafraid. It is moving forward with your very best intentions and your very best efforts, even though you are afraid and you are both brave and resilient. a good thing. It's a good thing. Do you have uh, any particular prayer that you pray over your mother? Well, I'm not sure. Say yeah. that. Our Father, the Lord's Prayer. That one. You can say that one, or I think earlier you were really sharing a scripture that you really enjoy. What's your favorite scripture? Scripture means Philippians. Oh, Philippians 4 and 13. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I think that very much goes with who you are and what you have uh, exhibited. I, I really enjoy that. Now, I'm going to ask you um, an easy question. You know, you've written this book and it's been a lot of fun. Um, not many people are, you know, an author when they're not even a teenager yet. So do you think this is something that you want to do again? I'm putting my mind to it, yeah. Mm hmm mm hmm That's amazing. And I'm just curious, did you help design uh, your book, the cover of your book? Yeah, I helped design a lot of it. Aw, that is really, really cool. Is there anything that you know? I want to know, what has God been talking with you about? In regard in regards to this journey, what has God been saying to you? He's been saying that I've been blessed for a long time. Oh, oh my goodness, Corey! <laughs> He's taking me out. <laughs> <laughs> Corey. 
Way too adorable. I love it. I love it. I love it. You are such an amazing guy. You just continue to be you. Um, is there anything, anything that you want to uh, share about your love for God, share about your love for your mom and your family uh, before you get out of here? Because I know you got to get ready for bed. But I'm just curious. Anything, share anything you want. Shame that I love my family and that I love that I'm here in this world. Um, we're all blessed that we're in this world right now. You are so right. You are so right. You know what, Corey? I just thank you for hanging out with me. And we're going to get together again on Thursday, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And on Thursday, you can tell me, I want you to pick another passage for me. And I want you to tell me all about your writing process and things of that nature. Is that okay? Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, Corey. And I'm going to say night, night for now. Love you. All right, baby. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. What wow, my moment. <laughs> oh my God. I know. I know you just have to be beaming. Yes, absolutely. You can't help it. You you can't help it. And he's he's the big brother. He's the big yes. brother. Yes, absolutely. Wow. Now, how how long ago did you um get into remission uh we were diagnosed in 19 2019 and the journey has been going on since then mm. you know what i i had this question in my mind and i i forgot to ask him but i'm going to ask him on thursday i want to know um what was he thinking when you told him about the cancer um his initial reaction was, I think, like any other child, is mommy going to be okay? Um, how will we get through it? What if something happens to mommy? And we did a lot of reassuring, a lot of, you know, whatever happens, and then, you know, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. So what did that do to you when you knew that you had to tell your precious baby boy that mommy was sick? I have to be honest, it took us a while. Um, so even after we received the diagnosis, we took a good week or two to really process what it meant um, to get our minds wrapped around it because it was hard for my husband and I just to face the reality. And um, we came to a place of, we're just gonna be honest and we don't know what the cards hold, but we believe God. And so therefore, we're going to march forward like we should. We're going to be courageous and we're going to be faithful and we're going to be loving and attentive and we're going to answer questions. Um, so we made that decision very early that we would share in the process because CJ was old enough to know what was going on. The twins weren't so much, but he was old enough to know when something wasn't right. Okay. So let's see, 2019. So mm -hmm. that means he was he was the eight. Eight. Seven and a half, eight, seven eight, and a half, going on eight. Yeah. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm mhm. Mm yeah. Wow. Wow. And so, do you think the twins remember you? They remember bits and pieces. I think what they remember most is, you know, when you're at that that point, and I think it's different for everybody. But for their um, birthday, mommy got a unicorn. So we went oh. all out. <laughs> we went all out and we had a pet and zoo in our yard uh, for their birthday that year. So that's what they remember. They remember having oh. a unicorn at their birthday party. <laughs> okay. Okay. So they kind of just don't really um, understand. So no, you know. I think the, the most that they get out of it is that my hair was gone for a long time. Got it. You know, I'm just going to be flat out honest because, you know, us girls and our hair. Yes. What was the hair journey? What? <laughs> Honey. <laughs> 
Um, so I think I was two rounds of chemo in, um, and my hair began to burn. It was like burning in my hair. Mm -hmm. And so we made the decision just to cut it off. And I called one of my good girlfriends, um, to come sit with me while he shaved my head and we did that thing. So we shaved my head before all of my hair was fully gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you it was, uh, it was a whole moment when I, mm-hmm. you know, go to grab your hair and you just see it in your hand. It was, it was a moment. And so I think I had, I know I had to grapple with that a lot because it was, you know, it's your hair, right? And I was it's one of those hair. people that would never cut my hair. I'm never going to, you know, do that thing. And here I am losing it by the handful. So my husband held me down and shaved my hair. And um, after my hair left, I lost my eyebrows, my eyelashes and every other hair on my body. So it was a whole process, a hard process. You know what I love? I love that you decided to shave your head and you Mm -hmm. just didn't let it fall out. I think that would have been hard. It would have been hard. Yeah. I love that your husband did it for you Mm -hmm. Um, because there's just something so tender about that and partnering with you. And it it just says that I'm with you, baby. I still love you. You are more than your hair. Yeah, definitely. So that was so that that was just beautiful. Yeah. so yes, yes. Um, I had to ask the question because, yeah. listen, <laughs> all of us, all, all that we are, more than now, I'm not going to say more than anything, but a great part of who we yeah. are as women, we got to have our hair right and yeah. we got to have our makeup right. Yeah. We just that's just our, our 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 look. I think it's you know, next maybe the shoes. Mm-hmm. I love my shoes now. My shoes in my bag. <laughs> I love my shoes. Absolutely. You know what? You have a beautiful family, and I love the way you guys love one another. Um, it is apparent in how Corey is that you you love God and that you actively love one another in yeah. your household. Yeah. Did you start to question your femininity? I did. I did, especially after chemo was we were okay. Um, and then I knew I was gonna have a double mastectomy, um, because that we couldn't save my areolas, we couldn't save anything because the cancer was so close in that area. And mm-hmm. so when she initially told me, she's like, Well, if we take one, we might as well take the other because you know, we need to be matchy matchy. And I'm like, Okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I can absolutely um tell you that it was by by far the hardest part of the journey um being going through that and not having what i thought made me a woman um i fed my children i breastfed my children right and now that part of me is essentially gone um and replaced um but even the replacement process took a number of months because you go from having the mastectomy, having the tissue removed, you get expanders in, and then the expanders are in until radiation completes and your body heals from radiation. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was lopsided. I was stuffing stuff in my bra. Mm. It was a whole situation. Mm-hmm. It was hard. It was hard. I still have problems, if I'm honest, right? Just loving myself through my scars. My body doesn't look the same. I don't feel the same. Um, it's just different. It's different. So is there anything particular that's different? Um, or the uh, sensation and is the sensation in your body different? Yeah. What's different? All the, all the things that you just mentioned, right? So I don't have nipples, areolas. I have scars, right? Okay. Um, in addition to that, I had a hysterectomy. So I don't have a uterus, ovaries, all those inside parts are also gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you work with the scars, you work with, um, loving the implants, right? Because they're mm-hmm. not even perfect. Everybody's like, you got a free boo job. No, I didn't. Right. <laughs> I did not. I paid for that. <laughs> um, so loving myself through all of that and all of the things that, you know, were important to me before and trusting God through that process of 
I am not those things. Those things don't make me who I am. Um, mm-hmm. And I still have life to give. I am still a life giver. I am. I am still. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, my mother um, recently had life saving surgery. Mm-hmm. And she has a scar from here all the way across. Mm. My mother has beautiful skin. My mother's skin is just like butter. It's so pretty. Mm. And she's still not fully healed, okay? But her scar is is there and she's working her way back. She hates her scar. Mm. But when I touch it, I tell her I love this scar. Yeah. It is beautiful to me because it is the evidence that God saved Absolutely. Absolutely. And I promise you, that's how I look at it. It it doesn't look ugly to me. It looks beautiful uh, to me. And I, I share that with you from a person on the outside looking in. Maybe, just maybe, the people who love you See your scars the way I see my mommy's mm. scars. Yeah. They look gorgeous. Yeah. I can say that it has absolutely been, you know, a big part of the journey and loving who I am. It's having my husband constantly reassure me of my beauty and mm-hmm. how grateful he is that I am still here and how he continues to love me through it all. Um he doesn't care about the scars. <laughs> it doesn't matter to him. <laughs> but, you know, it was absolutely, I, I'm, I'm thankful for that. I am absolutely thankful for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Now, I noticed you get teared up as you're talking. Tell me, what it, what is it that you're feeling? What's going on through your mind as you tear up? It's gratefulness. It's mm. to know that in what was one of the more hurtful, unknowing moments, mm-hmm. I am still here. I am still standing. I'm better than I was before. It's it's an evolution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the only way mm-hmm. that I can describe it. It is such an evolution. That's beautiful. When you are in the grips of illness, right? What kind of things are you, were you saying to God? What kinds of things were you asking of him? What were you being honest with him about? And what were you being honest with yourself about? Yeah, um, I got down to about 120 pounds, give or take. Okay. And my conversations with God were really, what am I learning? What am I, what, what did I do? What didn't I do? What, what am I responsible for here? What's going to happen with my kids? You know, mm-hmm. Lord, just let me live. I, I, mm-hmm. I will give back. I will do the things. I will use my voice because I think that was one of the things that I learned in the process that I had not been doing. I had not been using my voice. I had not been encouraging. I had not been inspiring. I had not been empowering even to my family, to my husband, to friends, all of those things, all of those people who were important to me. And it was those conversations with God where he said, I'm here. Trust me. Trust me. Mm. And I did. I think I played a lot of worship during that time. And one of my best girlfriends, my best friend, Brandy, she was in the hospital when I woke up after my mastectomy and she had my song on, my Korean Hearthorn, like, won't he do it? Okay. All right. Now. Yes. I think somebody so, wrote that for you. I think. Uh, okay. It woke up with a praise. Okay. Coming out of the anesthesia and everything. Um, but I had a playlist of those songs that I kept going and I kept listening and I kept making myself available to hear God. And he showed up. Wait a minute. I love that. Making yourself available to hear God. Yes, ma'am. What does that look like? How do you do that? Be still. Okay. Psalm mm-hmm. 46 and 10. Be still. I think we get so busy 
with the go and the, and I got to be and I got to go in this board meeting and this young professional thing and I got to grow for work. So I need this training and I need this education. No, be still. Listen to God and make yourself available to him and so mm-hmm. that you can download those jewels so that you can hear him clearly so that you can understand your assignment. Right. There is purpose in every situation. There's always an opportunity to learn, to grow, to just become who he wants you to be. Right. Because you have a journey. You have a purpose. And this is the time. This is the time he spoke to me. Hmm. So I'm going to say this scripture to you. Yeah. All things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. All the time. Talk to me about that. Yes. When I think about the hardness of it, if it were not hard, what would you learn? If Mm. you did not have this opportunity, how could you grow? Mm -hmm. If you did Mm -hmm. not take the position to trust him, what would you not know? All of those things are working for my good. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter who sees it or who doesn't. It's working for my good. Amen. So you're ill. Your husband's loving on you. You've got your son. And what comes to your mind is, I'm writing a book. (laughs) (laughs) I know what I'm going to do. It was not that instant. It so my best best friend again, cause she can she made me literally. Okay. They you need to keep a caring bridge. Just so people can know, they can know what's going on. Nobody's calling you a thousand times a day. Just update every now and then. And that journal turned into a book. I got it. So define a caring bridge. We're going to break this down. So a caring bridge, what is that? What is that? It is a website that you build for a loved one or for yourself when you're going through different situations. I know a lot of folks use them as they're going through maybe cancer journeys or maybe it is, you know, a health issue, heart issues. People use them for whatever they need them for. But it's also an opportunity. This whole website is set up to where you can, um, uh, set a calendar to bring food or, you know, just update people on what's going on with your, your journey, the latest surgery, the latest chemo, whatever. Um, but it gives everybody a one-stop shop to understand where you are, what you need, you know, what kind of support is important, what the doctors are saying. Just put it all in this one place. And yeah. That is so great. I, I honestly had never heard of that. Yeah. Where did that come from? Have no idea. But it was her idea. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's KarenBridge.com. Wow. Yeah. That is such a marvelous and idea. Pretty. And so it's, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. So you did that and you set up this journal and then you just extracted all of that and put it in your book. That's is right. That there are different portions of the book that are actually copy and paste journal entries, right? So each portion, mm-hmm. each chapter of the book has a journal entry that goes with it. Wow. Say that website again. Somebody it's Karen. This. Yep. KarenBridge.com. KarenBridge.com. Mm-hmm. That is going to help uh, somebody. I have a, 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 a Facebook group that I started um, and it's the Caring Corner. I'm going to put that in there because we need it. We need yeah. to know about it. Um, loved ones are going through things or, you know, you have a sick kid. That needs to be on there. I agree. That. Yeah. Okay. So some of this is copy and paste. What else is in that book besides, you know, what you put, you know, what you put down um, while you were in the journey? What else did you put in there? Yeah, I think I went through nine chapters and there are different phases of the journey. It it starts out with, you know, what did I say <laughs> immediately following the diagnosis phone call all the way through the acceptance and the denial, right, mm-hmm. of the process. I talk about love and marriage, how it impacted our marriage, um, sisterhood, because my girls are everything, right? They, they were there. I had a couple of girls that I don't know what I would do without them. Um, So friendship was really important. And then um, 
yeah, it's just my thoughts about surgery, radiation, and chemo. Oh my, right? So it just mm-hmm. goes through everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So who is this book for? Who would benefit from reading your book? Um, anyone that ha- has had any impact with the cancer journey. Also folks that are looking to evolve and find the silver lining in their clouds. Um, I feel like my book offers just hope and inspiration. Mm -hmm. I feel inspired for sure. (laughs) Now, can you just give us a little bit, a a chapter out of your book? Can you read us something? Can you share? You would like me to read a book? Yes, share a little bit. Please share. share. Let's see. I can give you a little bit of the bonds of sisterhood. This is chapter six. Um, And it starts out, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity the one who falls and has no one to help them up. Ecclesiastics 4 and 10. Mm -hmm. I realized the power of a village extremely early in my diagnosis. I didn't know how critical they would become along the journey, though. I have been blessed to meet and love many friends, associates, and, and then some friends that became family. Once Corey and I decided we wanted to begin including others in on the news of that diagnosis, we started slowly by telling immediate family. We knew that this was going to be, oh, that this route would be easier as the world, as the word would travel fast and people would be in the know without us necessarily, have, necessarily having to individually call and talk through the pain over and over again. This is exactly what happened. We told a few and very soon the entire family was aware. Additionally, we wanted um, a few close friends to be included, especially some of the friends who we often call in times of emergency. Um, mm. It's different reading it, (laughs) just not knowing how the emotions would come up. There were some people that I told where I felt an obligation and a response and I received confirmation only distance from the relationship. It was like I could immediately tell who would be a silent supporter and who would be in the trenches with me. The reality of that stung a bit. And I learned the lesson of creating and then releasing people from the expectations I had for them in my life. Having expectations for others will either leave you over the moon happy or horribly down, bitter and blue. As the word continued to spread, I received text messages of love and encouragement and the phone calls of confirmation that they knew in advance that this battle would be won and the cancer had picked the wrong woman to mess with. It gave me hope. And that is what I needed to get through the first few weeks. It seemed surreal still. Corey was by my side at every appointment. He may not have understood the ins and outs, but he was for sure present and available to me for support, encouragement, and just to hold me up when I was too weak. My mom played a critical role. I knew she was shaken. I knew this took the wind out of her. So when she was present, I tried to put on the faith that this would, and we would be absolutely fine. But my mom always knows. No matter how much I smiled, joked, or attempted to shrug off my feelings, I could look in her eyes and tell that she would be strong for me, whatever I needed her to be and that she would fight with me. So much so that when, mm, that she was the first to say, when you start losing your hair, I'm cutting mine too. Now, hold on. I'm just going to have you pause for a second because, oh my goodness. (laughs) I want you to continue, but I I, got to just unpack some of what you said there. First of all, yay, mom. Yay, yay, honey. Yay, Corey, your husband, Corey, you know, and yay, you. It's so beautiful. I see how God was working on some things there. I see it. You said this, that you had to release your expectations of people. Because it would leave your heart, you know, I think you said over the moon or it would leave you greatly disappointed. Disappointed. Explain that for me. You know, you have people in your life 
um, that you love and you have a good time with and they're everything. Mm -hmm. But there comes a point where not everybody's meant to cross the same bridge with you. Mm-hmm. And you have to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Not loving them less, not giving up on them, but for sure being able to say, I love you, but I love you enough to know that you're not going to walk this with me. And that's mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. Right? You mm-hmm. have to not have expectations because expectations will let you down. Mm-hmm. Right? You go through what you grow through and you grow through what you go through expectations not the person but expectations will yes. let you down yeah i love it yeah I, I i love that so much the reason why i love that is because we just have to let the per- the people be who they are yeah it's not bad it's not good sometimes people are not equipped to go on the journey that's right That's right. And sometimes your journey and theirs is too much. Right. Mm -hmm. And no one can tell them that. But you, you can only tell yourself what you can handle. Right. It's not Mm -hmm. my job to process anybody else's feelings. It's not their job to process my feelings. Mm -hmm. You do what you can do. And that's all you can do. And I like that you pre forgive them. It only hurts you if you hold on. Mhm mhm you're you're giving yourself permission to release them mhm that's mm-hmm. right that's right i don't know if people ever really get there you know it takes a while no think about this in everyday life yeah in in, in everyday life um you know i will say uh this most people don't get there in, in even in regular friendships, people don't get there. So true. You know, I recently had a, a, a conversation and I, I love this woman to the bottom of my heart and I know she loves me, but you know, as grown women and particularly if you're going through something, you don't always have time to um, pick up the phone when the person calls. Right. That's right. And she was um, upset with me a little bit because I didn't have time to pick up the phone, you know, at a, you know, at a regular interval. Um, But when I told her about it, it was immediate. She got it. But it was that expectation Mm -hmm. that she had for me to just automatically be able to um, answer the phone yeah. when she was ready. But grown women, we got stuff to do. This is true. This is true. But the pressures, I, I guess the reason why I mentioned that is because we have so much pressure in on regular friendships. We do. We do. And I think that's what I love about my sisters, right? There are some that I have friends Mm-hmm. I have family and then I have sisters, right? Where mm-hmm. we don't have to talk every single day. Yeah. And we good. Okay. We are, right. we are fine, more than fine. And we pick up where we leave off. Yet, if there is a time where we need one another, we're mm-hmm. there. There are mm-hmm. no questions. There are no assumptions. It's mm-hmm. just what it is. Right. And I think to your point, we have gotten to a place where we've placed all of these roles duties and levels of expectations on people when that's not what we're supposed to do. We meet each other where we are. No more, no less. Mm -hmm. That is beautiful. Okay. Give us a little bit more. Give us a little bit more of that book. I just had to stop you because I could not let you go on without talking that through. I had to get it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. When I first heard her say it, I thought, why would you do something like that? It's totally unnecessary. But as I got further along the journey, I learned that many family members and friends did did that as a symbolic gesture of love and support of the survivors in their lives. She eventually did cut her hair. And when she did, my heart melted. I felt blessed not only to have my mom present, but also to have her completely in my corner, no matter what it required. A mother's love, right? My mom and I had a rocky relationship during my teen years, especially after my father passed. 
I loved her, but I didn't like her parenting style when it came to me. In my eyes, she was extremely easygoing on my brother, and he had very few consequences. But for me, she was overly stern and plain old mean. Well, that's what I used to think. As I matured and life got the best of me, we had a conversation. She told me once, I push you because I see something in you. You're different and you're special and you will be better. At that moment, that meant the world to me because I often doubted that she actually believed any of that to be true about me. Over the years on this earth, we've fallen out. We haven't seen eye to eye. But to look at us now, it's so different. She shows her love in many ways. She is always available to me and gets upset if I miss a day of not calling to check on her. She is often at our home to love on our kids and make my favorite meals and desserts. She often takes the kids to give Corey and me a break. And sometimes we just sit in silence and watch TV together. All the things I never thought would happen a few years back. Cancer seemed to bring us even closer. I realized that no matter how old I got, I always needed my mother's love. And I'm blessed that she's still here to provide me with that. During the treatment, she was in the cancer center with me. She asked the doctors questions. She made sure that she was not only present, but actively engaged in understanding what I needed. She was and still is an amazing, strong woman that I would that would absolutely do anything for me. Breathe. I am the youngest of no, 10 siblings. Stop, stop, stop. Wait a minute. I'm going to clap. I'm going to clap. Because I love it. I love the motherhood. I love the transparency. I love the fact that you reach back into your mother's and your relationship and show how it unfolded till today. Yeah. That was beautiful. Thank you. That is so beautiful. People think that a relationship all has to be stagnant. It's always one way, but it can be tested. And you are different from your brother. Yeah. You know mothers are like that. They raise their daughters and spoil their sons. That's a whole nother show. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But her love for you was 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 tested and it withstood the test of time. Yeah. It withstood the test of cancer. And it was truly from above. Yeah. That is so beautiful. Yeah. That is so yeah. Beautiful. I mean, me and my mom, like I said, we haven't we haven't seen eye to eye. <laughs> she she's about knocked me down a few times, you know. But as you as we get older and you know, we mature and I think cancer it was just a vehicle for a number of things. And that relationship was one. If I was not healed before cancer, I definitely am so healed when it comes to our relationship now. I think I recall, you know, the doctors tell you don't Google. Don't Google anything, Anastasia. Don't don't try to go out there and look for anything on your own. And I did. I was hard headed. Mm-hmm. And it was after the biopsy. I was sore and just in a lot of pain. And I'm watching all of these video clips of, you know, people talking about the chemo treatments are killing you and they're just trying to, you know, get money and you should go out of the country and get all the natural. And Mm. I completely lost it. I boohoo cried. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And my mother climbed up in my bed with me and put me on her bosom and rocked me until I couldn't just I just couldn't. Right. She just she she did what she needed to do. She consoled her child and yeah, necessary. Oh, wow. You have a good mama. I do. You know what? I'm very thankful that you still have your mother here to do that because she filled such a role in your heart. You know, she took her place uh, in this journey with you. Yes, she did. And something that we're not talking about, and maybe it's in your book, but your husband and your mom. Ooh, that's a whole nother podcast right there. Really? Because <laughs> I would love to know that dynamic because they they had to come around you in a way that, you know, kept you, kept you sheltered and close without, you know, stepping on one another. It was a learning process. For all okay. of us. 
it was a learning process for all of us. My mom was my mom, and she made sure everybody knew it. Okay, period. Okay. Um, and my husband is my husband, and he let everybody know that. Period. <laughs> okay. And there was some times where they clashed, but for the, I, I think it was my prayer and mm. my request, mm. y'all. We just got it. We got to do this the right way. Like mm-hmm. he's my husband. And so we need to honor that. Mm-hmm. And it took some some grappling, but we got there. So give it a, us an example of a boundary that had to be established, because that's what uh, that's what it was about. Your mom was saying, this is my child and exactly. I brought her in this world. Yes. Right. Right. Yes. And he, you. Your husband was saying, this is my wife and God gave her to me. Yes. 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 And in that order. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So help us understand the boundaries and how did they end up putting that together? Like help us understand. Yeah. I think there was, I don't know which hospitalization it was, but my husband needed to be present. And my mom was not okay with that because she needed to know that her daughter was okay. Mm. Um, we had to compromise where Corey's going to come to the hospital with me. I need you to, I need you to take care of my kids. I need them to know that I'm okay. And you're the person to do that because they believe you. Right. So I think it was setting that boundary that Corey needs to be present and he will call you. I promise you, he will call you. He'll keep you updated. He'll let you know what's going on um, as he can, right? Because his job was to be attentive to me. So is there any best practices in your book? Is there, is there an there outline? Because we haven't mastered that yet. We're not there yet. The evolution is still continuing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You want to know what? Just, I think, acknowledging that that part exists and that part yeah. is there. I think that's huge because... It's not that people don't love one another, but it's like all hands on deck. At the same time, there can be a whole lot of cooks in the kitchen. Right, right. It's a fine balance that we have to walk. Um, Mm -hmm. And until I think what I learned, I think, in the process is that we have to have some very transparent conversations and not be afraid of the possibility of what may or may not go the way that we want it to go. Those conversations have to happen early and often um, so that we know where we stand, right? If I am to love and honor my husband as the Lord has called me to do, that's what I should do. And he tells you to leave and cleave. So my job was to do just that. And it's it's not easy, especially when you have um, the desire to show your parent the love that they deserve because you're here, because they brought you in the world, right? It's a learning curve and nobody, I don't think, I haven't seen anyone that does it perfectly. I think there's always room to learn and grow. Wow. I don't think perfection is the goal. I lost your audio. I can't hear you. Oh my goodness. Let's see. Can you hear me now? Yes. You kind of think though. Okay. I'm sorry about that. But I don't think there needs to be a, um, perfection but i do think there needs to be a class for that yes yeah i agree with you it's necessary because it's hard to know what's right and at that particular juncture the the parents are so involved and they need to be involved it's like all hands on deck but where the true boundaries the intimacy has to be there with you and your your husband, you know, but it's like, where does the parent fit in? And they're coming. They're coming in. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. At all costs. Yeah, exactly. So look, I'm just, I know you don't have it perfected, but you have gone, gone through it. So can we get a worksheet? (laughs) I can put something together for you. I'm serious. If you put together a worksheet, I will attach the link in the, um, (laughs) I I most certainly will, because I I just know that people are going through uh, this and 
what they don't want to feel is abnormal. Yeah. Nobody wants to feel alone and they want to feel that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And that's what you're giving us. You know, it can always be a work in progress. Yeah. But knowing that there's there's hope, that's a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know what? I think you're just a walking definition of hope. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's awesome. (laughs) So tell us, tell us, you know, where can we find your book? Where can we find it? Yes, it can be purchased on Amazon.com, also BarnesandNoble.com, Target.com. That's very new. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And Books a Million. That is beautiful. I love it. I love it. I love it. I so appreciate you uh, sharing your story with me uh, and uh, my audience. It is heartwarming and you are very precious. I am so thankful for you. Thank you for having me. I so appreciate you. My my, my pleasure. Is there any scripture that you want to leave um, leave us with? Is there anything? I think I think I've given it to you. Psalms 46 and 10. Be still and know that I am God in all things. Amen. Well, that was worth repeating. Thank you so much uh, for hanging out with us. Thank you, audience. Thank oh, you. You guys have been such a blessing. And we will see you back here, right? We'll see you Bye. back here on Thursday. Now, Thursdays are a little bit different. For me, Sundays, we're at the kitchen table. But on Thursdays, we're at the boardroom. Well, yeah, we're in the boardroom, we're at the water cooler, and we get intimate, but we really do unpack, right? We unpack the business of uh, what we're working on. And so we're going to unpack the business of this book. Sounds good. We'll see you back then. Bye-bye for now. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.